and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Boozy Bractology is proud to present the most dominant athlete in the world, post-1980. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Boozy Bractology. My name is Chris, and I am your host tonight, and I think, I think I just woke up the baby. That was not a good idea. Doesn't matter. We are here tonight to continue on with picking the most dominant athlete post-1980, and I couldn't do that without these fine panelists. Let's start. In Fayetteville, North Carolina, the host of the Hometown Crowd Podcast and the podcast Marital Tiffs, Tim Dipple. How you doing, my friend, and what are you drinking? I am doing well, Chris. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing what I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I am drinking uh, a new one to me. It is the Fiddlin' Fish Brewing Company. Uh, it's their Space Angler IPA. Uh, they're out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So <laughs> I'd never heard of them. My sister-in-law for my uh, for my birthday at the beginning of July gave me a random six-pack of IPAs that she picked out. And I think this was one of them. Nice. So. Not really an IPA guy. Fortunately, our next panelist is Huntsville, Alabama's own Mr. Mike Mott. My friend, how are you doing and what are you drinking? Chris, I am doing great, and I am super excited for my beverage tonight because I picked it up specifically for the basketball region of this particular bracket about a month ago because I knew we were going to be doing it. It is from Sloop Brewing. It is their part of their Sloop Jam series, and Chris can see this. Unfortunately, <laughs> nobody else can, but it looks like N- NBA Jam, basically, and this one is called the Boom Shakalaka. I love it. There, there are actually several of these, and I wish I could remember what some of the others are called, but they're very much NBA Jam themed. This particular one um, is a tart fruit ale with blueberries, blackberries, and lactose. I feel like while you're drinking Ooh. that, you have to have Jock Jams Volume 1 on in the background. Mm. Well, I was trying not to uh, disturb the piece too much. This is actually, I'm not usually into this style of beer, but I actually really like this one. It's not, even though it describes itself as tart, it's not too sour. Okay. Uh, and I and I enjoy it. It's very nice and refreshing. It's a good summer drink. And uh, Sloop Brewing is out of Hopewell Junction, New York, and Hampton, New Hampshire. I guess they couldn't make up their mind, but. Well, New York, upstate New York and New Hampshire are pretty much the same. We're fair, moving along. Fair. One of the co-hosts of the Bench Warmers Trivia Podcast, Eric, my friend. How you doing, and what are you drinking? I am doing great. Um, I had a nice day off today, so that was fun. Um, I'm drinking. It's actually uh, a limited edition summer beverage. Um, I'm on an antibiotic, so this is just seltzer water, strawberry margarita. That actually sounds good. (laughs) If it makes you feel any better. Um, I went so hard with Mike in Jeff in Fayette in uh in uh <laughs> Kentucky that I had to go on a one month just cleanse where I can't drink anything. Well, I, I I've I've Scott knows this. I've said this on a couple um uh, episodes I've been on. I was bit by a spider and had to get it checked out. What the hell? Doc, doctor saw it and he's like, "Yeah, you need some uh, antibiotics." So, uh, fun. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. Dude, that happened to me about a year ago, actually. Yeah, it's same thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to keep moving along out to a little bit northwest of Tim, Raleigh, North Carolina. Jeff Woodhead, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking? And how is your liver? Uh, I'm doing fine. And uh, my, my liver was down for the count after Louisville. But, I, uh, you know, uh, what I do when, uh, unlike you, who... You know, behaves responsibly after uh, uh, after such a bender and goes on a cleanse. I just kind of keep punching it until it's down, uh, until it's done. You know, uh, I got I got to keep the pressure on that damn liver. So, uh, so I'm drinking some uh, Old Forester 1910 just in honor of that ah. weekend. The 1920 so is better. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll die on that hill. <laughs> Oh, man, my liver is recovering. It is recovering. And I don't think I went. Well, Mike, you went harder than anybody. Yeah, you did. Probably. But uh, yeah, I. I uh, all right. 
Now we're going to move out to the guy with the best view in the world out in sunny Southern California. He's looking. He's looking. Scott, my friend, how you doing? What's in your glass? I'm doing well. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm still getting used to looking outside and seeing palm trees and not an armed robbery. So I've, I've upgraded. So that's that's always good. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm excited to, uh, to continue this with you gentlemen. I think this will be a lot of fun. Um, I spent the day on the beach drinking, so I'm actually taking some the night off from it since I'm already a little, you know, tipsy. So let's see how this goes. Oh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I have a feeling after some of these choices, some of you are going to need a drink, though. We're starting off with our play-in game, and if you can't tell, this is the basketball portion of the bracket, and we're going to get all the, uh, the nuance out of this early. I said basketball. I did not say NBA. And we're starting with our play-in game. Your play-in game to be the 16th seed in this part of the bracket is going to be John Stockton or Lisa Leslie. We're starting with Tim. Yeah, I'm not going to drag this one out. Um, Basketball's probably my weaker of the brackets. Um, I went with Lisa Leslie here simply because what she did for the WNBA, she was a founding member of the WNBA. Um, I, I I think she did more for the NBA. She was more dominant in the WNBA than John Stockton was for the NBA. Uh, so I went with Lisa Leslie. Lisa Leslie's picked up her first vote. Mike. John Stockton was a great player. I mean, his original dream teamer, you know, so you don't want to take anything away from him. One of the best passers ever. I mentioned NBA Jam, and you never wanted to be the little guy in NBA Jam. You just you just didn't, even though even the little guy could fly off the screen and jam that dunk. But come on. I agree with Tim. If you're talking about pure dominance, you really have to go with Lisa Leslie here. As he said, she's a founding member of the WNBA. She's the first woman ever to dunk in a game. Like, that's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that Lisa Leslie in this particular matchup is the clear winner. So I'm giving her my vote. Lisa Leslie's picked up her second vote. I think I'm the only one that enjoyed playing with Muggsy Bogues and NBA Jam. Eric? Well, I am a little guy, so. (laughs) I'm going to go against these gentlemen here. Um, John Stockton, I grew up watching him, and he was just insane. For somebody to have a career as long as he did and not be that scorer, five-time all-defensive team, two-time steal champ, it's just nine-time assist champ, it's... I don't know. I just feel like it's not close. No disrespect to Lisa Leslie. I just, I'm not a big WNBA person. So I know who she is. I know what she's done, but not to take away from that. I still think John Stockton's better. John Stockton picks up his first vote. Next vote goes to Jeff. Yeah. Interesting. I I kind of grew up watching John Stockton. I had a a lot of family out in Salt Lake area. Uh, They were big jazz fans during the Stockton and Malone years. So I kind of followed along with them. Uh, Of course, the Wizards sucked and kind of have constantly sucked. So uh, those of us growing up in D.C. had to find another team. That said, I don't see how you can pick against Lisa Leslie here. Uh, The WNBA was, you know, kind of and not even there before she was there and you know now it's 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 getting bigger it's uh you know people are paying attention to it and a lot of that has to do with just how much fun lisa leslie was to watch uh and you know some of that founding generation so this bracket is really tough one to 17 really strong players every elimination is going to be tough and uh i hate to say bye to john stockton but uh uh sorry dude uh, lisa leslie's moving on Lisa Leslie is moving on, and we're moving on to Scott. Yeah, I think it's a shame that, you know, the all-time assist leader, right, as someone who has an affinity for, you know, the point guard position, to have to vote against him. But, I mean, dare I say, I think it's hard to be dominant in an era that was dominated by Michael Jordan. So I don't think anyone really looks at John Stockton as a dominant player. So Lisa Leslie, on the other hand, is looked at as a dominant player. I mean, she did play that dominant center position. Like Mike said, first one to dunk in a game, everything that came with that. She was all over the place as far as commercials and magazine covers. I mean, really dominated the scene for women's basketball. 
you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands. So for that, I would also vote for Lisa Leslie. And with that, Lisa Leslie is going to seal up the 16 seed in the basketball portion of the bracket, but there is no rest for the weary. We're moving on to your 16, one matchup. Mike is kicking us off. Mike, are you going with the overall one seed of the basketball region? No one's shocked. It's Michael Jordan or the 16 seed Lisa Leslie. Well, growing up in the nineties with the name Mike and everyone wanted to be like Mike, right? Uh, you know, Jeff actually mentioned uh, when he was just uh, talking about when you lived in Washington and the uh, then bullets, now wizards, uh, were terrible for pretty much the entire decade of the 90s. You kind of had to find another team. And naturally, yeah, it was a total bandwagon thing, whatever. I don't care. I gravitated towards the Bulls because they were amazing to watch. And Jordan was absolutely at the top of that list. Uh, He's clearly the number one seed for a reason. He's the guy that Literally every person who has entered the NBA with a lot of promise in the last 20 years, we've been we've said, could this be the next Michael Jordan? And some guys have, you know, maybe not necessarily laid a total claim to that, but they've, you know, had fairly solid careers in their own right. We're going to talk about many of them over the rest of this bracket. But it's I mean, you know, everything that we said about Lisa Leslie, 100 percent true. But Michael Jordan is a one seed for a reason. and I think you got to move him on here. Jordan picks up his first vote. Next vote goes to Eric. I, I don't think there's much to say. It's, it's Michael Jordan's the icon that it's, I don't, there's nothing to say. It's Michael Jordan. Jordan is up two nil and we're going over to Jeff. Look, if I thought there was any possibility that Jordan was going to lose this, I'd vote for him. But you know what? Fuck UNC. I'm voting for Lisa Leslie. <laughs> Go Wolfpack! Dude. Oh, gosh. I'm not going to say the one word that everyone's thinking. I am not going to say it because it's not going to happen here. Scott, lock in your vote. He had to retire twice for any other teams to win a championship during the day. <laughs> it's, it's Michael Jordan. Oh, thank God there's not a money ball situation. Michael Jordan picks up his third vote. He is moving on. I can say it now. It's not going to happen. It's fine. Tim, Tim, you're up, sir. I'll be honest, just because of the jersey I'm wearing, I was tempted to try to throw a Moneyball situation in there just to see if Scott would go for it if uh, if if I had gone before him. But no, uh, I think it was Mike. He said it best. Everyone from the 1990s to the foreseeable future will be compared to, are they the next Michael Jordan? Are they better than Jordan? Are they Jordan? Uh that, and that that's for good reason. Uh, Jordan is one of the most dominant athletes in basketball of all time. Uh, <laughs> because we're not going to talk about his baseball career. This is not a baseball bracket. Uh, that was before. So, yeah. And we can ignore gonna... his Wizards career, too, right? <laughs> yeah, that, too. Uh, and, and truthfully, his uh, ownership career. Um, we'll go ahead and just give this to Jordan, though. MJ is going to take a 4-1 to one victory as he rolls pretty easily into the round of 32. We are moving along. And Eric is going to kick off this next round. And you have got the 8-seed Diana Tarazi, the 9-seed of the mailman, Carl Malone. Eric, take us away. So I'm, I'm going to let my, my heart in this take over. Despise Carl Malone his entire career. Don't know why, um, but it kind of was confirmed like later on when you hear about him and just, you know, his life. I saw something. I forget where I saw it on. Um, but he's not an enjoyable person outside of basketball. Um, I mean, his statistics were amazing, but no. Um, Diana Tarazi, I feel, well, she have like five gold medals now. It's insane. Um just she's the one when I think WNBA, she's one of the first names that always pops in my head. Uh, she's been around for, oh, geez, what over 15 years, I would say. Um, and just has been dominant, especially going back to UConn. I got to go Diana Tarazi. Diana Tarazi picks up her first vote. Next vote goes to Jeff. 
Yeah, I mean, again, as much as I was a fan of those Stockton to Malone teams uh, in in Utah, uh, I don't see how you can vote against uh, a force of nature like Diana Taurasi. Chris, you and I argued about whether Diana Taurasi or Sue Bird is better, and I think we can go back and forth on that for a while, but they're still both incredible players. Uh, They're co-holders of the the record for Olympic golds now for a basketball player. They both have seven, uh, which is... Just unbelievable in terms of both dominance and longevity. Uh, so, um, you know, Tarazi is uh, incredibly versatile. She can pass it. She can shoot it. She's a great player. Uh, you got to give her the vote here. Tarazi's picked up another vote. We're going over to Scott. Originally, I was inclined to go with Carl Malone because he teamed up with Diamond Dallas Page against Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman. In uh, the WCW. Yes, he did. And I was Team DDP all the way, baby. Um, so that alone, I thought I'd give it to, to the mailman. And then the fact that he was able to to have as much success as he did, to win an MVP award, to score the way he did in the era that, again, was dominated by Jordan. And, I mean, obviously, you know, as a big guy, you had your Patrick Ewings and your Akeem Olajuwans and guys like that. And he was able to hold his own. And there's a lot of longevity there as well. I mean, we're talking about a 20-year career for him as well, which, you know, I mean, in the NBA, especially in the way the 90s was and the way they played and it was so rugged, that's really impressive to last that long when you're bumping elbows with some of these guys. But, I mean, Jeff put it best. I mean, there's nothing that Diana Taurasi can't do on a basketball court. She can pass. She can shoot. She's a great defender. She can play in the low post. She can play on the perimeter. I mean, there's just nothing that she can't do. And to me, that's more dominant when you have a versatile skill set. Malone, great mid-range shooter, great in the low post, but you weren't getting anything else from him. So for that reason, I'm going to vote for Diana Taurasi as well. And Diana Taurasi has got a 3 to nothing lead that will move her along to the round of 32. I want to hear from everybody, though. Tim, you're up. When you are a good enough player that you are a household name in a, in a league that is oft overlooked, and you are a good enough player that the number three seed on this bracket gave you your own nickname derived from his own, You have to give the vote to the White Mamba. So, Diana Taurasi. Four to nothing for Diana Taurasi. Mike, do we have a sweep? First of all, I just want to say that we have two jazz greats on this bracket. They both went up against WNBA players and both lost. I think that's hilarious. Um, You know, to be honest, I was on the fence about this when these two great players, uh, you know, you have in Malone, you have number two all-time in career points. And in Tarazi, you have number one all-time in career points. It's a great matchup. It's a fantastic 8-9. It's very close. Uh, But quite frankly, I uh, love the idea of Jordan not sweeping the first round and Diana Tarazi sweeping the first round. So I'm going to give her my vote and give it the sweep. Diana Tarazi sweeping her way to the round of 32. That sets up a very interesting pick next match. But we're moving along. Jeff, you are kicking us off with what might be the most interesting pick of the evening. Are you going with the five seed Magic Johnson or the 12 seed of Reggie Miller? Oh, boy. Yeah, this this was in a bracket full of really difficult decisions. This was the most difficult not least of which because my mother-in-law's dog is named Reggie because she is such a huge Pacers fan that she's uh, uh, got me uh, constantly watching Indiana now, which I don't know why the heck I'm doing that. Uh, Reggie Miller was an incredibly interesting player for his era. Someone who, I mean, anyone who can score eight points, was it eight points in nine seconds? <laughs> that he didn't win that playoff game. Uh, That's incredible. But Magic Johnson redefined what it meant to be a backcourt player in the NBA. I mean, someone who was... uh, We talked about Diana Taurasi's versatility. Magic had some... uh, It was uh, one of the best all-around players I think I've ever seen. So, uh, sorry, Ann. I've got to vote for Magic here. Magic Johnson has his first vote. We're bringing this over to Scott. 
Yeah, this one hurts me. Um, this one's really tough. Like Jeff said, you've got basically you've got two incredible feats. You've got eight points in nine seconds, and you've got Magic Johnson, a point guard playing center in the 1980 finals, putting up 42, 15, and seven, a point guard playing center. Two incredible feats that you just, I mean, obviously now with positionless basketball, we're not going to see anything like that because it's all like that. But, I mean, just two incredible feats that not ordinary humans could do. So that that's what it comes down to. I mean, Reggie Miller, most dominant shooter of the era by far, I mean, could just take over a game and really just swing the game. You know, and I mean, we've got all the antics with Spike Lee and the, the, the choking gesture and, and just everything that was great about 90s NBA is is a like it, Reggie Miller's one of the you know the pillars of that, but Magic Johnson, I mean, we didn't see a player like that before. Oscar Robertson was an incredible player; he was a great passer, but not the type of passes that Magic was doing. Not the no looks, not the behind the backs, the elbow pass, put it in your jersey, put get put the ball in the stands, throw it off the shot clock, and then somehow it still accurately lands in Kareem's hands. Like that was insane. That to me, that's that's dominance because he ran the Showtime Lakers. They dominated the '80s, so I think the point guard gets the credit there. So I have to vote for Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson's up two to nothing. Tim, you're up. Another one. I'm not going to drag out too much. Actually, um, Reggie Miller was a great player. Um, but he played in the era of, you know, Jordan and the like. And that's why Magic Johnson ended up with five career titles and Reggie Miller has zero. Um, everybody wants to talk about, you know, you know, other players on here, Jordan or LeBron, who's got more titles. Magic Johnson's the clear leader in that category right here alone. Um, and that's not to count the five he has as an owner and one for WNBA and one for Major League Baseball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Magic Johnson, he's going to get my vote here and move on. Magic picks up another vote. We're bringing it to Mike. Yeah, you know, there was I, there was part of me that that hesitated on this one for sure, just because Reggie Miller was a tremendous shooter Uh and and to be honest, you know, for, for most of the 90s, he was really the only reason that I remember that the Pacers existed. Uh, but you can't go against Magic here. As much as it really feels like the 12-5 upset should occur in the basketball region, you can't go against Magic here. So give him my vote. Magic, another vote. Eric, finish us off. So, I mean, as for as good as Reggie Miller was, his statistic line, like, as far as, like, he's got, his accolades are lacking. Um, I mean, compared to Magic Johnson, who's five-time NBA champion, like, three-time MVP, where if you look at Miller, it's, he was an all-star five times. I, I mean, he was a great shooter, but other than that, he wasn't really a rebound guy, wasn't really an assist guy, just, just a great shooter. So, I don't think there's any way he can top Magic in here. So, Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, a 5-0 to nil victory, steamrolling his way into the round of 32. We're moving along. Scott is going to be leading us off in the next pick. I thought that last one was going to be tough. I think this one's going to be tough as well. Let's see. Scott, do you want to go with the 4-seed Shaquille O'Neal or the 13-seed Kevin Durant? This one... For me, actually, isn't as tough as as maybe it will be for some of the other guys here. Just just watch Shaq in his prime. I mean, it, there there was nothing like him. There hasn't been anything, com you know, comparable since, right? I mean, Dwight Howard, no, like you know, I mean, it's 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 insane. Just the, first of all, he would dunk and the the rim would fall and the backboard would shatter and everything would break. I mean, that power was insane. People forget in Orlando, man, he handled the basketball at times. He would get the rebound and just run the floor, outrun the other team, and just slam it down their throats. I, I, I mean, the the way that he could just dominate the paint and block shots on the defensive end. I mean, they invented, you know, Hack-A-Shack, which obviously is, a, I, you know, it's a negative right on Shaq that he couldn't shoot free throws, but just the fact that there was an entire new strategy of basketball invented 
because of how dominant he was. I, I, I like Kevin Durant. He's a prolific scorer. He doesn't do it much else anywhere else, right? I mean, he's not, defensively, he doesn't really scare you. He's not the rebounder that people thought he was going to be coming out of college. And, you know, Eric mentioned Carl Malone. You know, you hear stories and things like that about him, and you're kind of cringe a little bit. Well, there's a lot of stuff out there on Kevin Durant, whether it may be true or not, but there's a lot of things that – you know, make me cringe when I when I hear that. Now, Shaq says a lot of stupid things, but it's all in good fun because it's Shaq and he's lovable. So, yeah, give me give me Diesel all day. Uh, this is Shaq for me, and it's not close. Diesel has his first vote. We're bringing the next vote to Tim. Yeah, I did find this one to be quite a bit harder. Um, Kevin Durant is one of the most dominant players of the modern. Of, like of the current crop of players. However, I honestly think that Shaq is one of the most dominant players of all time. And Shaq is going to trump Kevin Durant. And I honestly, I forgot that Kevin Durant was drafted so long ago. He actually played with the supersonics. Um, but yeah, I've got my vote going to Shaq on this one. I just, I don't think that Kevin Durant is there yet. He may go down with that legacy uh, of of being one of the most dominant of all time. But right now, there might be a little bit of uh, nostalgia in voting for Shaq. But that's where my vote's going. Shaq's got a commanding 2-0 lead, bringing it over to Mike. Is it me or did this happen the last two episodes where Scott said almost exactly everything that I wanted to say uh, with regards to uh, to Shaq in particular? I was going to talk a lot about uh, how he dominated the paint so much that other teams literally had to invent a defense to exploit exploit his one weakness. And yes, it's a weakness, but that only speaks to how dominant he was and everything else. KD, a uh, tremendous shooter, but he's not. I don't consider him dominant. He does, you know, whereas Shaq was just, you know, it's, it's, it's weird to say it, but your eye, when you're watching a game and Shaq is on the floor, your eyes are on Shaq. And that, that's a form of dominance in its own way too. He, and, and you know, as really, as Scott said, Shaq in his prime, you know, later on, you, you got a little, he got a little thicker, wasn't able to move as much, but man, in his early days, he, he was just lights out. So, you know, I, you know, and again, ask that shattered backboard who's more dominant among these two. Uh, I'm giving my vote to Shaq. Shaq picks up his third vote. That means he is moving along to the round of 32. And we're bringing this over to Eric. And I think we lost him. Uh oh. We did. He should be jumping back in. No worries. I'm Something I said. Time. Yes. He, he, he was. He just. He loves Kevin Durant. This. This was really yeah. hard for him. <laughs> he took Fair his enough. ball and went home. <laughs> I. I had actually forgotten too that that he, uh, Durant was actually drafted by the SuperSonics. Was that a yep. year before they moved to Oklahoma? Yeah, he played. Yeah, he yeah, played he one season there. Yep. All right, Eric. We're over to you. Uh, Shaq has got a three to nothing lead. Shaquille O'Neal or Kevin Durant, who I hear is your favorite player. Well, who is which? Which is this? Who's my favorite player? Somebody? Is there rumors? The rumors? Or... Yeah, I wonder who could be starting that. <laughs> so I love it. Kevin Durant. Um, I'm a big fan of him. Even going through Texas all the way up through Oklahoma City, my buddy was a big Oklahoma City fan, um, and I really wanted him to beat LeBron in that one final. It just didn't happen. However, when I was, oh, geez, probably 10, 11 years old, I needed a basketball team, and I'm like, why not the Orlando Magic? They drafted Shaq, and I was the biggest Shaquille O'Neal fan. I had my Reebok, Shaq, Instapumps. I had just everything Shaquille O'Neal. Um, I remember when he his head was shaved, but he still had sideburns. That was fun. Um, there was, uh, oh, my God, what else? There, it just I was obsessed with him, and then he ripped my heart out and stomped on it on the ground. And then I hated him for a good 20 years. Just finally turned around on him lately, and now I really, I, I get what he did. I mean, it's the Magic's fault. They did it again with Dwight Howard. But anyway, I'm not bitter, I promise. Um, 
I have to vote for Shaq for his sneakers, for his game, for the fact that he did the one chip challenge and it was hilarious. Um, if you've not seen that video, watch Shaquille O'Neal do the one chip challenge. It's it's gold. But yeah, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal, a four to nothing lead. We're bringing the last vote to Jeff. You know, I was actually kind of surprised to see Shaq on this list. I mean, he's uh, really young. He's never played for a first division club. He's uh, just started to break into the national team, only scored a goal. Oh, wait, goddammit, I did it again, didn't I? Uh, okay, <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal, not Shaquille Moore. I got, I, I got it. We got, we got to start spelling out names on this bracket here, man. It's, uh, it's the second one I've gotten confused on. Uh, anyway, uh, this is an interesting matchup because it's it's uh, two guys who are very emblematic of the eras in which they played. You know, the Kevin Durant is the uh, the, the prototypical pace and space uh, modern NBA player. Uh, Shaq is this uh, you know uh, dump it into the post, isolate him, attack the basket, the uh, basketball in the late '90s and early knots that. Uh, uh, and I think I just like watching the modern NBA more than I like watching that uh, that '90s and early not stuff. That uh, um, so I think I've kind of developed more of an affinity for Durant than for Shaq, and also he's a fellow DC native. So give him the pity vote here. <laughs> Kevin Durant picks up the pity vote, but unfortunately, it's not going to be enough. Shaquille O'Neal moves to the round of 32. Next up, we have got the sixth seed, Hakeem Olajuwon taking on the 11 seed, the pride of Stores, Connecticut, Sue Bird. We're starting this one off with Tim. Hakeem Olajuwon is one of those players that I feel probably gets lost a little bit in 90s basketball. Um, He's a name that stands out because of the uniqueness of it. But his play doesn't stand out when you're looking at the Jordans and the Shacks and the, you know, the the Reggie Millers and the early days of Kobe Bryant and all of that. So he, he probably doesn't get enough credit. However, if 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 Lisa Leslie started the WNBA and Diana Tarazi is kind of like the face of it now, what does that make Sue Bird, who's been around since 2002? In the WNBA, she's got five gold medals. She's got four national championships. I think she's the only player to be reigning um, seven what? Seven gold medals, Tim. She's got seven gold medals. (laughs) Okay, I can't count. Uh, Sue Bird. If, if, If Diana Taurasi deserves to go on, Sue Bird definitely does because Sue Bird is probably arguably more dominant in the WNBA than Diana Taurasi. So give my vote to Sue Bird. Sue Bird picks up her first vote. Mike, your turn, sir. You know, this is a really tough matchup. Uh, I think Tim makes a very good point that Hakeem does get lost a little bit in the shuffle because of the other nineties greats, but he was amazing off the boards. One of the all-time great blockers. Like, it just incredible player to watch. Uh, and, you know, he was he won gold in uh, – he wasn't part of the original DM team, but he won gold in 96. And, uh, you know, he was, he was very savvy. He took advantage of the two years that Jordan was off on his little baseball experiment to win two championships. I mean, there's something to be said for that. But ultimately, I I really do have to agree with Tim here. Uh, when I think of Hakeem, I think of a tremendous player, but I don't think of him as being dominant in the same way that Sue Bird has been dominant in the WNBA and in women's basketball in general. Uh, you know, we've mentioned that uh, as of just last week, uh, you know, up to seven gold medals. That's incredible. I think that uh, it's very hard to go against her here. So I'm also going to give her my vote. And we have an upset alert. The 11 seed is up two to nothing on the six seed. Let's see what happens. We're going to Eric. Sue Bird is is great. Yes, I've never granted. I'm 105 years old now. I was never in my driveway pack practicing a Sue Bird fadeaway. I constantly was trying to mimic Hakeem Olajuwon's little fake shimmy and then fadeaway shot from the age of again 10. Probably till now. Anytime I go out there, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and Shaq, in his young 
what, 95 finals against Akeem. Akeem shut him down. Shaq's one of the greatest. Akeem shut him down easily and was just his his stamina, endurance. He took advantage of the fact that, you know, Jordan wasn't there. Won two championships when he was gone. Um, MVP, I just, I have to give him the respect he deserves. Hakeem Olajuwon gets my vote. Hakeem is fighting his way back. It's two to one. Our next vote goes to Jeff. Hakeem Olajuwon is one of the greatest shot blockers to ever play. But I'd like to remind you all that he couldn't beat Derek Wittenberg and Lorenzo Charles. Seriously, guys, if if you have that much ta- if you have Clyde Drexler on your team and a couple of other of those fly slamma jamma guys and you lose to NC State, I, I don't see how you can get any sort of vote in any sort of dominant athlete uh, bracket. Meanwhile, Sue Bird uh, was voted by uh, by fans uh, of the WNBA as one of the top fifteen players in in the history of the league in two thousand eleven. She's still playing, y'all. That was ten years ago. Two championships later, she's now the uh, you know, got four uh, four rings, all-time assists leader. Uh, seriously, Sue Bird is an incredible force of nature, both as a shooter and a passer. Uh, she somehow is maybe not even the most dominant athlete under her own roof, but is definitely the most dominant athlete in this particular matchup so move her on sue bird picks up her third vote she is moving on to the round of 32 but i want to hear from scott before we move on to the next pick sue bird john stockton basically the same right all-time assist leaders sue bird 19 year career john stockton 18 year career john stockton stats over his career 13 and 10 all right 13 and 10 sue bird stats 12 and 6. Granted, obviously it's different. You know, you're going to have your stats are going to be higher in the NBA, but we chose a dominant post player in Lisa Leslie with her 17 and 7 career numbers over John Stockton's 13 and 10. So, how do we not choose Akeem's 20 and 10 over Sue Bird's 12 and 6? So, when I'm taking that into consideration, I think if Stockton goes out, then I think Sue Bird has to go out because. It there. I mean, all-time assist leader, up you know, top ten all-time in games played for both of them in their respective sports. Point guard, you know, not not going to take over the game from a scoring standpoint, but can certainly dominate the game with passing. But over that big that you can throw it in the post and you know what you're getting. I mean, Akeem, the the dream shake, one of the the you know quintessential post moves in basketball that everyone tries to emulate what he did in college even though he lost to Lorenzo Charles um you know but just the way that he the way that he moved for a guy his size especially in the 80s when it was these a little bit clunkier centers like your Moses Malone wasn't you know finesse right he was just brute power and then you had Akeem come in and and him and and you know a young Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Lucindor it's like these guys have just moved with so much finesse and they should not be able to move like ballerinas, but yet they do somehow in the post. It's, it's crazy. So my vote for Akeem, not that it matters. I mean, I love Sue Bird. I, I never going to get an argument from me against her as a person or a player. So I'm, I'm happy that she's moving on, but my votes for the dream. Now the dream dies a little bit tonight. Unfortunately, Sue Bird, the 11 seed, our first upset and this portion of the bracket is moving along. And it's time to see who she's going to be facing in the round of 32. You have got the three seed, Kobe Bryant. The 14 seed, Charles Barkley. And we're going to start this one with Mike. Yeah, that last one was tough. And and I don't know. I mean, the fact that it was three to two uh, indicates that. I don't know if I was adequately... Uh, indicating how difficult of a decision that was for me. Uh, But this one, by comparison, is really not that hard for me. Uh, Sir Charles was a great player. uh, And, you know, (laughs) he was certainly dominant in terms of personality. But overall, in his era, he does not stand out as one of the dominant. I mean, maybe one of the dominant players. But I felt like he was overshadowed by, obviously, Jordan and a lot of the other a lot of his other contemporaries. Kobe in his heyday. I don't feel like he was overshadowed by anybody. And that includes Shaquille O'Neal, who casts a rather large shadow. Uh, Kobe was 
phenomenal pretty much throughout his entire career. And especially when he was at his peak, that 81 point game in Toronto's at Toronto is still a stuff, a legend. I mean, I think you got to go with Kobe Bryant here. Kobe picks up his first vote. The next vote goes to Eric. This, this isn't hard. I feel like Charles was done a little dirty with this bracket bracket, but, uh, probably should have had an easier matchup in the first round. He was great. Um, I love Charles Barkley. He's a great commentator. Just everything about his career was was awesome. He just was that hardworking, just a- almost average looking, just a big dude, just did it right. Um, however, Kobe, I feel like he's the only one that could probably challenge the number one seed in this entire bracket. And like Mike said, it's that 81 point game was just insane. Um, and he's he's going to go down as one of the greatest of all times. And it's, it's funny because for as great of a scorer as he was to only have, I want to say maybe two scoring championships. It's, it's, it's crazy to me to even think that, but yeah, Kobe Bryant easily. Kobe picks up his second vote. We're bringing the next pick over to Jeff. Yeah. The the only thing that makes this difficult for me is the fact that Charles Barkley bought me a drink once. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> The, the, that I think is the uh, the only only thing that would prevent me from voting for Kobe here, but no, nah, I I think everything that uh, last couple guys said was right. You, you gotta pick with one of the most terrifying players that I think I've ever watched play basketball. Uh, you gotta pick Kobe there. Kobe picks up his third vote. Definitely moving along to the round of thirty-two, but let's see if it's a sweep. Scott, you're up. Eric, you can blame Tracy McGrady, Allen Iverson, and Gilbert Arenas for the lack of Kobe scoring titles. <laughs> the scoring was just insane then. But, you know, Charles Barkley, for a guy who, you know, was they were very generous with, listed at 6'7", who was probably more like 6'4", right, to just kind of have that frame that most of us regular, you know, everyday podcasters have like to do what he did in that era was really impressive again being a power forward playing in the front court in the post against some of the guys we've already mentioned like your Shaqs and your Akeem Olajuwon's and your David Robinson's and Dikembe Mutombo's I mean for him to even put up the numbers he did against guys who had five six seven inches on him you know that's very impressive I think I actually think his basketball his playing career gets overshadowed and and I think it's really underlooked by people I mean he was really good, especially the first seven, eight years of his career or so, right up in, like, when he went to Phoenix and really put the Phoenix Suns on the map, right? Like, no one knew or even cared about the Phoenix Suns until Charles Barkley got there. I mean, he won that, he won the MVP in 92. I mean, he was a really dominant player, and he, you know, should get a lot of credit where credit's due. However, he's up against Kobe. I mean, they're, they're pretty much... You know, depending on when you grew up, it was you went outside and you emulated Kareem Skyhook, right? And then you went outside and you tried to be Magic Johnson and pass the ball all over the place. Then you went outside and played basketball, and you, unless you're Eric, you pretended to be Michael Jordan. Um, you know, obviously Eric did Hakeem, but the rest of us pretended to be Michael Jordan, right? We're sticking our tongue out going for a layup. And then there's Kobe, and you shoot something and you yell, Kobe. And that's it. It could be a piece of paper into a waste bin. I did it literally the other day with laundry into my hamper. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. You call out Kobe. So for that to be a thing, that's dominance in its own right, right? Like, that's dominance when when my mom, you know, throws something across the room and yells out Kobe, who's never watched a minute of basketball in her life. So to me, that's, that's dominance. So for that reason alone, I have to give my vote to Kobe. Kobe's got a four to nothing lead. Let's see if it's a sweep. Tim, you're up. Yeah, this is a sweep. Um, I don't really think that there's anything that I could add at this moment. Uh, Barkley was good in Space Jam. Um, <laughs> I guess the first one. Uh, but yeah, this is this is Kobe. Um, this is. Not even close, so I'm not going to drag this on. Five, uh, 5-0. Kobe, 5 nothing. moving on to the round of 32. Let's see how far he can go. And we're moving on. We've got two picks left. 
Eric, you're kicking us off here. Are you going with the seventh seed, Sue Larry Larry Bird? We have another bird, Larry Bird, or the tenth seed of Steph Curry. Larry Bird is the guy that doesn't look like he should be good at basketball, but he was just, he looks like everybody's dead on the court. Even when he was like 20, he still looked like he was 45 years old um, and could shoot the ball and was tall. He had those great battles with magic. It was not much else to say. I mean, he, he was good. He was great, but Steph Curry is insane for the records he's setting with three pointers um, and to do it when when he was drafted, I didn't think he could do it watching him at Davidson. I'm like, I don't think this translates to the NBA. It's a great story in the NCAA tournament and all that. And then he came to the NBA and just shot the lights out of the entire league. His average more, more than four three-pointers a game, I want to say almost every season since like 2015, outside of the one, his injury season. Um, it's got to be Steph Curry. Just no one shoots like him. I don't think anybody will ever shoot like him again. Um it's really something special that we're seeing now. So Steph Curry, Steph Curry picks up his first vote. We're bringing the next pick to Jeff. Yeah. So if, uh, if Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire and Mike D'Antoni invented the modern NBA with the six seconds or less sons, uh, Steph Curry and Steve and, uh, yeah, Steve Kerr, right. I'm getting the name of the coach right there. Uh, and, the Golden State Warriors perfected it. They 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 played some of the most refreshingly entertaining basketball that uh, that I've seen, and drove an entire league to be just far more fun to watch than it was previously. Uh, I you know that's my personal bias. I love watching the uh, the uh, the deep shooting and the ball movement of the the modern NBA uh, a lot more than I liked watching the Larry Bird era of things. Uh, so, you know, it's my, my, uh, my personal preference for the style of the game is, is going to lead me to pick Steph Curry in this matchup. Uh, and that's that, I guess. <laughs> All right. Our next vote goes to Scott. Eric said everything about Larry Bird. Like he shouldn't have been good at basketball. He shouldn't have played basketball when you look at him. Like, this is a guy that, like, works in the local laundromat and, like, or the dry cleaners. And he's like, hey, Larry, you know, yep, bring in another suit. Uh, but I, he was just so good at basketball. It, it does, it is, It's astounding how talented he was in a sport that, you know, let's face it, usually uh, people of his stature aren't the most talented. And he was, you know, he got on the court and most nights he was the best player on the court, for sure. And his rivalry with Magic, I really think revitalized basketball i mean at a time when it really really needed it right i mean you had kareem abdul jabbar and a couple years you know later you'd get olajuwon and jordan but that late 70s early 80s there wasn't much to get excited about and then all of a sudden larry bird and magic came out of nowhere and i i really think that it refreshed the nba and i i don't know that the the nba is what it was in the 90s if it wasn't for a lot of the contributions of larry bird with that being said though Steph Curry is the greatest shooter we've ever seen. It, it's not close. I mean, Reggie Miller, to me, was the greatest shooter. But I, the way Steph does it, from where he does it on the court, he he doesn't even need space to get open. He, he, it doesn't. You put two guys on him, and he's, he's, he's open still. And that's what everyone goes through is the shooting, and he's the greatest shooter of all time. But if you watch him play, his ball handling – outstanding i mean just the way that he maneuvers his way around the court and he's weaving in and out of spaces that you don't think are open is phenomenal his passing skill is very very underrated because we don't see it as much as you do with you know with a magic johnson or you know a chris paul guys that pass a lot he's a terrific passer i mean he can go no look he can go behind the back he he's just so talented and then if you've seen his family oh they're just they're so cute it's just they're just so cute. And you know what? Let me give it to the guy who dazzles on the court, but also has the really cute home life that you want to emulate as well. I want to be Steph Curry on and off the court. So he gets my vote. Steph Curry picks up another vote. We're going to Tim. I hate Steph Curry. Uh, <laughs> But that's because I'm a Cleveland fan and I'm biased. And, you know, we had those years throughout the mid 
the mid-teens where it was Golden State Cleveland, Golden State Cleveland, Golden State Cleveland. I think we played four years in a row uh, with Golden State winning three of those four. Uh, thank you, 2016. Um, that said, this is a matchup of legacies. Um, Larry Bird is kind of one of the icons of the game. He's He's up there with you know, say the Jordans in terms of faces of the NBA. But I don't think anybody has changed the game like Steph Curry has. Um, we, we, we talked about how teams adjusted to like Shaq and the hack-a-shack stuff. That, that's, that's, that's a strategy that changed the game. With Steph Curry, you had to start airing it out to beat the Golden State Warriors. And and I really think that that's going to have a lasting impact on the game far beyond what Larry Bird is going to have. So I've got I've got Steph Curry here, too. Steph Curry. Moving on to the round of 32, but I want to hear from everybody. And that brings us to Mike. Man, looking at this matchup coming in, I just thought this was a fantastic matchup. You have two three-time NBA championship winners, multiple MVP awards each, uh, two of the greatest three-point shooters of all time. It's a, it's a fantastic matchup. And to be honest, I really wanted to keep the possibility of eventually getting a Magic versus Bird rematch bracketology style uh, alive. So I was going to vote for Larry Bird. I am still going to vote for Larry Bird, but I will note that uh, there is still the slim possibility of a Magic versus Sue Bird matchup in in the future of the bracket. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. I, I actually completely agree with what a lot of what everyone has said about Steph Curry. I think he's I think he's changed the game. I think he's a ton of fun to watch. This is a difficult matchup. Uh, I but I'm going to give my vote to uh, Larry Bird. Prevent the sweep. Sorry, Steph Curry, but. Uh, uh, regardless, uh, we'll talk more in the next round. Well, Steph Curry is moving on to the next round, and we're moving on to our last pick of the evening, and it's fitting. We're going to start this one with Jeff. Jeff, are you going with the two-seed, LeBron James, or the 15-seed, the answer, Allen Iverson? All right. I just want to clarify what it is that we're talking about here. We're talking about brackets. We're not talking about the game. We're talking about brackets. Not the game. Who, brackets. Whoever went first was going to do it, Chris. Get your hands out of your head. Or your head out of your hands. <laughs> yeah, you knew it was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. Uh, I always had so much fun watching Allen Iverson, uh, both on and off the court. He was one of the most entertaining players to, to play the game. Uh, yeah, I, I loved watching him at Georgetown. I loved watching him in the with with the Sixers and the rest of his career. But you really gonna pick him over LeBron? Come on, man. I don't think that. No, no, you're not. No one's picking him over LeBron. LeBron has defined this era of basketball more than anyone else I can think of. You gotta pick him. LeBron James pick up picks up his first vote. We're taking the next pick over to Scott. One of, if not the best crossovers of all time, Allen Iverson. I mean, his ball handling skills off the charts. I mean, I remember the time in his rookie season when he got Jordan slipping and everyone, you know, went crazy about it. And obviously the you know, the Tyron Lou and just all these instances where, I mean, he was that sort of and one mixtape player, but actually in the NBA, right? Breaking guys' ankles, embarrassing guys. That He could put a guy in a poster that wasn't a dunk. Normally a guy only got, a defender only got on a poster if he got dunked on. But if you got crossed up by Allen Iverson, you're on a poster somewhere. So I, I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, you know, any point guard or shooting guard from the 90s and 2000s, but you're on a poster somewhere getting embarrassed by Allen Iverson. So just want to throw that out there. Um, and I mean, the headband, the cornrows, like I remember kids in my neighborhood literally getting their hair in cornrows because of Allen Iverson. I remember going to the, the sporting store and buying the sweatbands, the headbands with the Nike swoosh over to the side, not in the middle. You had to have it, you know, either to the right or the left, because that's how AI wore it. 
uh, he was incredible for the league. He was, again, you know, Eric mentioned how Kobe didn't have all the scoring titles. That's because Allen Iverson was winning them. And he's just such a good, a great player, a great player. And, you know, obviously he never got a ring and he never really had anyone else that he played with. So, sure, you want to say the stats are skewed because, you know, he could throw up 35 shots a night, fine. But Allen Iverson was an incredible player. With that being said, my vote's for LeBron. I won't say anything else because there's a round two matchup coming up that's going to give me nightmares, and I'll get into it then. But I'm picking LeBron. Yeah. LeBron picks up another vote. The next pick goes to my uh, Tim. Sorry, Tim, 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 Tim. If the 2016 NBA season doesn't happen, I'm voting for Allen Iverson just out of spite. <laughs> in 2010 or was it was it 2010 lebron james broke my heart by uh taking his talents to south beach i i'd have voted for ai out of spite but i'm a Cavs fan man and lebron james is just one of the most he he is the one who defines you know between between him and kobe they define the is this the next Michael Jordan argument? Um, it, it's really, you know, it's a three-way argument there. Is this the next Michael Jordan? And LeBron James has a very, very good claim to make an argument there. Uh, one of the most, I mean, the most dominant player of our modern times. Uh, so, yeah, this this is LeBron. LeBron's got a three to nothing lead, moving him to the round of thirty-two. But let's move. Wow, let's move on and hear from Mike. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad Scott took some time to extol Allen Iverson's virtues because he was he was a fun play to watch, and Jeff touched on it too. Uh, so I don't want to take anything away from him. But this is this is all LeBron. I mean, Allen Iverson, as tremendous a player as he is, has never really been in the conversation for whether or not he's the goat. The G, the Goat used to mean you were the player that ruined things. Now it means greatest of all time. Language is weird. Neither here nor there. Uh, there you go, Tim. I, look, yeah, you got to go with LeBron here. Uh, we will talk more about him later. The next matchup I am super excited for because that's going to be really interesting. <laughs> LeBron's got a 4 nothing lead. Let's close it off with Eric and see if we have a sweep. It's it's LeBron. He went to what nine straight finals, eleven in thirteen years. If I'm not one for win shares, but if you ever looked at LeBron's win share, it's over two hundred and twenty. That's I think it's like two. It might be over two thirty. It's insane. The only person who ever comes close to that is Michael Jordan. I think he's the only one I've ever seen over two hundred. Um, maybe Wilt, but I don't even know if they do those stats or whatever. Um, but yeah, just, he goes to the finals all the time. I, I feel like the only time he doesn't go to the finals is when he wants some time off. I don't know. Like, I feel like that's the only reason he wouldn't go. Um, I, it's gotta be LeBron. I don't think it's close. Five, nothing. LeBron James moves his way to the round of 32. And that's going to bring us to the end of the episode. When we get back to the, the second half of the round of 32, you're going to have some very interesting matchups. We're going to have, from the basketball portion of the bracket, Michael Jordan taking on Diana Taurasi, Magic Johnson taking on Shaquille O'Neal, Sue Bird against Kobe Bryant, Steph Curry, and LeBron James. That is going to be an episode you do not want to miss. Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of the show. Before we get going, I want to give a shout out to our guests here. If you have not listened to the Hometown Crowd podcast or the Bench Warmers Trivia podcast and you call yourself a sports fan, what the hell, man? Come on. Like, seriously, come on. Turn this off. Go listen to them. You're going to have a good time. That I do promise you. If you're enjoying what we do here at Boozy Bracketology or our sister podcast, The Pub Trivia Experience, a couple of ways you can help out. One, uh, if you've got the financial means to do so, patreon.com slash PTEBB is your home for all the bonus content from both Boozy Bracketology and The Pub Trivia Experience. We combine it all into that one feed, and we have new content dropping on a regular basis. 
I think we just published, as this is coming out, uh, for our music lovers out there, uh, the end of the best Stone Temple Pilots bracket, the best Stone Temple Pilots song bracket, and uh, I dare I say the best ending in boozy bracketology history. It might yeah, be. Yeah, was, that was a fun one. That was a great ending. <laughs> as uh, two people on the show are really big STP fans, uh, we've got bonus brackets, bonus trivia, get to know you's AMAs, the whole nine over on our Patreon. Uh, listen, if you can't afford to do to help out right now, I 100%, I get it. Times are really tough. Leave us a five-star rating, write us a review, tell your friends, tell your family, have it on in the car while you're driving around or while you're mopping the house, whatever you do. Listen, you've heard enough from me. For the Boozy Bracketology Podcast, I have been Chris. I've been Tim. I'm Mike. I'm Eric. I'm Jeff. And I'm Scott. We'll see you next time as we move into football, but not the football that Jeff loves. <laughs>